Thank you for joining us for the inaugural episode of Baker Hostetler's Ad Nauseum podcast, which will focus on new and trending advertising issues with an emphasis on FTC and the NAD. I'm Amy Kotman, and we're joined by two partners from Baker Hostetler's advertising, marketing, and digital media team, Amy Mudge and Daniel Kaufman. Amy chairs Baker's advertising team and is well known for her NAD work, and Daniel joined Baker after a long career at the FTC, where he both was acting director and deputy director of the Bureau of Consumer Protection. On today's edition of Ad Nauseam, Amy and Daniel will discuss two topics, a recent FTC case involving Google and iHeartRadio, and a recent NAD decision involving Cash App. Both of these cases focus on testimonials and endorsements, which they will cover from both an FTC perspective and an NAD perspective. With that, welcome to Ad Nauseam, and let's turn it over to Amy and Daniel. Thank you so much. Daniel, we're here. We've arrived. It's our first podcast. We can't wait. Very exciting to be here for our first Ad Nauseam podcast. I'm totally jazzed here. Daniel and I have wanted to do this for a year and we're finally here. We cannot wait. And it's very exciting now that we're in the podcast world, which I know is not new to everybody, but it's new to us, that I think it's a little weird, but kind of fun that we're going to go retro to start off and talk about radio and DJs. So Daniel, tell us what's been happening at the FTC on the radio front. So there's a real interesting case the FTC brought uh, at the end of last year that you know went a, bit, a little bit below the radar. And I wanted to talk about it a little bit just because I think it's a really interesting case. It's a case involving uh, both Google and iHeartMedia. So Google was launching their Pixel 4 smartphone. This was like four years ago. And their goal of their campaign was to have on-air radio personalities record ads talking about and endorsing the phone product. Um, and they did that. They teamed up with iHeartMedia, paid them a few million dollars, and the ads were done by radio personalities. And they were presented as firsthand experiences that people were having with the phones. So some of the statements that the on-air personalities were saying, it's my favorite phone camera out there. I've been taking studio-like photos of everything my son's football game, a meteor shower. So these were not just generic statements about what the product can do. They were firsthand endorsements. Unfortunately, endorsements require lots of things, but one of the most important and basic is firsthand experience with the product. So if you're endorsing a product and have not used it, that is going to be a violation of the FTC Act. And that is precisely what happened here. The FTC, as well as about half a dozen states, went after both Google and iHeartMedia because the radio personalities had not actually used the phones and because of how they were presenting their statements as I statements, this was a Section 5 violation, according to the FTC. So a really interesting case, and it just reminds you a little bit about you know the fundamentals of what is an endorsement. And once you're in that universe of you're making an endorsement, you have to actually have used the product. DJs have been giving those forever and a day. I mean, there's the radio breaks where you actually have ads, but then there's the breaks in the music where the DJ always talks in the first person. Why was this a testimonial and endorsement instead of a clear and known advertising break? So it was a clear advertising break. That definitely is not an issue, but okay. it's just how it was conveyed. Rather than saying, hey, try this new phone, really good for nighttime pictures. They were saying, I have used this for nighttime pictures. I have done these things with the phone. And the other interesting thing about this case, and it's detailed in the complaint, 
is there were individuals at iHeartMedia that were raising this issue. You know, how can we be sort of talking about the benefits of this product and, and what it does without actually using the product? So from a, a law enforcement perspective, if you're the prosecutor, those are great documents to find. And the FTC details them in the complaint because the issue was raised. And rather than making sure that the personalities had the phone and actually had that experience, that was sort of brushed aside. So, you know, again, all allegedly, according to the FTC, but it's it's that personal usage and the description and the I statements. And look, it, it may be happening more frequently on radio shows than then um, we remember, I actually don't listen to the radio that much anymore. Um, what? Those eye statements. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. <laughs> do, did you used to? Do you have an old favorite DJ? Um, I was a disc jockey in college. Thank you, Amy. I actually. Oh, you were your own favorite DJ. What? I, Tell me more. I was my favorite DJ. No, I, I started doing the graveyard shift two to six in the morning when I was a freshman in college. So eventually got to do the, the radio show. It was a lot of fun. But, you know, that wasn't my career. But I should mention the other thing about this case, you know, the FTC, lots of issues about the FTC's ability to get money. They joined up with six or seven states to bring this case. So $9.4 million goes to the states and the FTC focuses on the injunction here. So in addition to being an interesting case, it's also an important issue to flag sort of the new FTC and what they're doing to deal with the AMG case and, and their general inability to get money in federal court except for different situations that we can talk about in another podcast because that's a whole other story. All right. I got to ask one more question. But so my favorite DJ you didn't ask is Casey Kasem. I loved him. My childhood, <laughs> my teenage years, I lived for the countdown. I know that's not a thing anymore, but I do. I do still love it. But well, on the money. Casey was the voice of, was he Shaggy? He was Shaggy. Shaggy. And he was Shaggy. I, I didn't know that. Ruh, row. Oh, excellent. <laughs> All right, let's go back to money. $9.8 million for what? There's no way you'd be able to connect hearing a DJ say, I took these great pictures to somebody buying a phone. Can you? Is this redress or these penalties? So these are penalties that go to the states. So state violations, totally different than the FTC Act. So these were all brought under baby FTC Act statutes. So they can just say, we want money and get money. Yes, all right, so $9.4 million, that's some real money, maybe not to Google, but it's it's some real money. And so what, what's the lesson here? I mean, Daniel, you were at the FTC a long time. DJs have been doing these kinds of, I love my new windows, I love my fake tan for the summer. Why didn't you bring this case before? Or maybe would you have brought this case at all? Do you think consumers are really confused by this? So, you know, once in a while, I think it is important as a regulator to bring a case that, that sort of reminds people of fundamentals. And to me, this is a fundamental case. You shouldn't be making endorsements if you're not personally using the product. Now, I think it is a little bit different in the context of DJs. We, we have heard those ads over the years, but it does, if you've heard them over the years, it doesn't mean that it doesn't violate the law. So do I think the FTC should bring dozens of cases like this? Absolutely not. I think one and done, we're good. Remind everybody the importance of when you're doing an endorsement to make sure you're actually using the product. And to me, $9.4 million, a lot of money. But then again, if you're Google and iHeart, maybe it's not that much money. So the interesting thing about this to me is, you know, there's the three-legged stool of testimonials and endorsements. The one, if there's a material connection, it has to be disclosed. 
that we talk about ad nauseum, and it's the thing we usually focus on. Then the second prong, of course, is if the testimonialist is making a claim about the product, it's not opinion, it's like a performance claim or, or you know something about how the product works objectively, there has to be substantiation for that. It's this, and we see that maybe not quite as much as material connection, but this idea, this third prong that whatever the person says about the product has to be their real and true experience. I guess that maybe this case was an opportunity for the FTC because you don't know when that happens very often. Right. No, I agree. It, It is rare that you see this fact scenario. You know, from my perspective, very interesting case that brings you back to the fundamentals. All right, so we'll move to the NAD. Daniel, I got a Trump. You brought in iHeartMedia, which of course has Jingle Ball, one of my favorite things to go to every year. You bring in some celebrity wattage. I'm going to try to Trump you too. So when we talk about the NAD this week, the case that I wanted to talk about involves Megan Thee Stallion. That is impressive. Good. So what, what happened, Amy? Tell me about the case. I just had that, that pause there. Yes, I'm glad you are impressed. <laughs> I approve. I approve wholeheartedly. It's kind of a testimonial case, but not really. It is an ad that Megan Thee Stallion, a series of ads, actually, that Megan Thee Stallion was doing for Cash App. What I love about this is, yes, Cash App is trying to get people onto its platform to make investments, save money, things like that through its Cash App. But it kind of did this series of almost public service announcements, although they were ads with Megan Thee Stallion talking to a younger audience about how to save money, things that they can do to put money away to be more, make more financially sound choices. And one of the things that she talked about, and this got the the NAD's attention because this was a monitoring case, was one of the ads had Megan Thee Stallion advertising the ability to invest in Bitcoin through Cash App. We're going to play for you now a snippet of the ad. And now, a message from Cash App and Megan Thee Stallion. Bitcoin is not hard to get. You can get it from another person or from special markets called cryptocurrency exchanges. You can also easily buy it on Cash App, starting with as low as $1 worth. Bitcoin is an investment, so the price can go up and down by the hour. But with my knowledge and your hustle, you'll have your own empire in no time. I'll see you at the top. So I'm really sorry that you can't see Megan Thee Stallion in all her glory, but I think you did get to hear the issues that the NED had by promising that you'll have your own empire in no time. And what NED thought that this part of the ad said is you can invest just a little bit, you can invest just a dollar, and you can make money very easily. And it's really simple. And NAD recommended that Cash App discontinue this ad or modify it in some way to make the risks of investing clearer. Well, Amy, I was wondering, Megan Thee Stallion, she's loaded, but what is her, does she bring any expertise to this in terms of investments? I mean, what is her role from your perspective in this ad? So I wish that the NAD briefs were publicly available because I would have loved to have read what the Cash App lawyer said in the decision. NAD did port um, some of the arguments that the Cash App lawyer said, including to say, come on, this ad is a puff. And specifically, they said 
Nobody is going to think that Megan the Stallion is akin to Warren Buffett and is full of wise investing and financial tips. But rather, the the average consumers would understand that this was campy, and it wasn't a, it wasn't any kind of a takeaway message or guarantee of accumulating enormous amounts of wealth with little effort. No, it was supposed to be cheeky. It was supposed to. It was supposed to take a lead on Megan Thee Stallion being an empress, and and it was fun. It was puffy. Puffy. So they raised the puffery defense. So kind of interesting to do that in the context of an investment case. I mean, fundamentally, it's an investment case, and puffery not likely to succeed in that context, I would imagine. So I think you hit the nail on the head. One of the things that I'm, it troubled me a little bit about this case, because we talk a lot about disclosures and disclaimers. And if you're going to make a claim that needs to be modified or clarified, how do you do that? And of course, we always talk about put a disclaimer in the audio and in video, if it's a video ad, not just in one. And don't make it just blah, 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 disclaimer text, but weave in the clarifying information into the claim itself. I actually thought Cash App did a really good job in doing this. I mean, they, they clearly said as part, of the, as part of the ad, Bitcoin is an investment and the price can go up or down by the hour. To me, that's, that's pretty clearly saying to folks, there's no guarantee here. They also had a written disclosure it came at the end of the ad and NAD was concerned that it might have been kind of lost with a bunch of other disclosures that you have to have when you're talking about financial investing. But it was a great disclosure in terms of how simple it was. Again, not the blah, 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 legal, blah, blah, blah. It was investing has risks. You may lose money. To me, that's about as clear and insightful as a disclosure as it gets. But this was one that NAD said, no, we're going to look at that whole impression, the net impression. And even though you said Bitcoin can go up or down. Oh, and at the same time, there was a a staircase and they had gold coins going down the stairs. To me, that, you know, suggested, hey, going down, right? Just like the gold coins going down. The NED said, no, there's gold coins everywhere. There's money everywhere. There's Megan the Stallion talking about her empire, talking about, you know, my imagination, your hustle. Together we can do it. So the overall message that NED found that consumers were understand is notwithstanding those disclaimers that there was overstated promise of the ease of investments. Well, wasn't that part of the problem? They, they sort of said, you know, build your empire for as little as a dollar. Because that was like the minimal investment amount was a dollar, which accurate, but conveying implicitly that you can start out with as low as a dollar and create an empire. You know, that was the part of the case that resonated with me as well. Interesting. Regardless of the disclosures, that fundamental concept that you can invest really minimal amounts and still create an empire. You think like a regulator, Daniel. I'm not I surprised. Come on, is... 20, 23 years at an agency will do that to you. <laughs> all right, all right. This case came out the end of last year, but it came out before all the crypto crash and all of the, I mean, it was a little prescient in a way to say, look, there's a lot of hyping about the ability to invest in, invest in crypto. And there are some really, really sizable risks. And so I think in hindsight, NAD was probably saying, look, you've got to consider the medium or consider what's advertised. I don't think we would have seen the same results if this was Megan Thee Stallion talking about investing in, say, treasury bonds. I think for something like that, there would have been, of course, it's investing. Of course, you have to say there's some risk. But 
you know, a simple mutual fund versus crypto, I think the the expectation for the disclosure is is going to be heightened. So to me, I looked at this and I said, I think the lesson here is be very clear about the product you're advertising. And if it is a riskier product, the expectation for the size, the, the proximity, the oomph of the disclosure is, is going to be even more significant. Great. Well, thank you, Amy. And with that, I think we are wrapping up our first edition of Ad Nauseam. We want to thank you for joining us with Ad Nauseam, where we will discuss advertising issues Ad nauseum. Ad nauseum. (laughs) And we'll see you next time. See you next time. Thank you, Amy and Daniel. If you have any questions for Amy and Daniel, their contact information is in the show notes. As always, thanks for listening to Baker Hosts. Comments heard on Baker Hosts are for informational purposes and should not be construed as legal advice regarding any specific facts or circumstances. Listeners should not act upon the information provided on Baker Hosts without first consulting with a lawyer directly. The opinions expressed on Baker Hosts are those of participants appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect those of the firm. For more information about our practices and experience, please visit bakerlaw.com.